This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. a plan for your life you've set goals you know where you want to go congratulations on finding star style be the star you are our vibrant hosts passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan and her energetic daughter healthy living specialist heather Brittany, share the best roads fastest detours and successful strategies for a life worth living Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, welcome back to Star Style. Be the star you are. It's the power hour. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our goal is to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations that will get you talking and motivated to greatness. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you for writing, speaking, acting, and media interviews. Call 925-377-STAR or visit StarStyleProductions.com to book your session. The author is unknown from this one, but I like it. Success comes in cans, not camps. (laughs) That's kind of clever. Well, today we're going to be talking about tattoos, the nonstop California fires that are causing fire fatigue among firefighters, and the pharmacy that is found in nature. Well, getting to tattoos, it has been practiced by centuries in numerous cultures around the world, and it serves as a rite of passage, tattoos mark you know, the status of someone, their rank. Sometimes they are symbols of religious or spiritual devotion. Sometimes they're just decorations or maybe they're medals for bravery, fertility, they're pledges of love. Obviously, sometimes it's punishment or they've also throughout the ages been symbols of slaves, outcasts, and criminals. Now, uh, we've also associated tattoos with sailors And that's kind of the way I grew up thinking about it. But Heather wants to discuss tattoos today and how they become a sign of artistic expression. So, (laughs) Heather, talk to us about the body modification that we know as tattoos. Yeah, and as as me personally being a fellow tattooian, (laughs) someone who I have many... That's a good name, (laughs) a tattooian. (laughs) But... um, you know, something, especially growing up, I know 
now as your loving mother, you support me on it, but it was nothing you ever wanted for me to have. And I think for many people growing up, um, especially you know, your generation, again, as you were saying, that uh, tattoos were viewed, you know, swing for sailors are similar for you. I know um, one thing I'm say is that you got my ears pierced when I was six months old or something because you weren't allowed to get them done until you were in your 20s because at the time, you know, your mother said only gypsies have ear piercings. You know, there's, you know, there's ways that... Right. There's always these mores. There's always traditions and families and customs, you know, of nations. And in mine, it was like ear piercing. That was a sign of being a gypsy. And tattoos were always considered for sailors or motorcycle gangs. Yeah. And and it's, it's, it's interesting of how things that... Or you know, were reserved for one kind of culture, or looked down upon, um, have changed. And also, that was something too that people would say. Well, you know, if you have tattoos, you'll never be able to get jobs, or or that was something that jobs um, could fire people for it. Or you know, because uh, there was almost a scare tactic. People would see tattoos, and it would be offensive, uh, you know, to clients they'd be working with. But really, I'd say in the last uh, fifteen years, or so this whole tattoo world has really changed in our views for it. And, and something that kind of brought this uh, to light with us recently was in um, the most recent USA pageant that just happened, um, the current Miss Kansas. Uh, spoiler alert, if you guys missed it, she did not win Miss USA, but she did win Miss Kansas. And she is the very first um, uh, contestant to ever display her tattoos. And, and something that an interview she said is that nearly half of the women competing in this current year had tattoos, but they use makeup and all, you know, many people talk about, you know, the secrets of the beauty pageants of how, you know, hiding things. Um, but with hide tattoos, you know, they make special makeup to cover tattoos. And many times we hear with actors uh, that in movies you don't see their tattoos, but it, you see them in, you know, late night show interviews and they're covered. And, you know, Angelina Jolie, for example, some things, people that, um, unless the, the tattoo is being shown for the movie, they use, you know, sometimes people are in makeup for hours, you know, three to four hours to having these things uh, as appear they don't do, you know, the, the magic of makeup. Uh, but still, you know, that's something that hasn't hindered these actors. So getting back to Miss Kansas, she's the first one, um, the first one that you actually uh, proudly show them. And the thing I thought was so amazing this one, she has a huge side piece. And it's um, a religious Bible passage. And then she also has another thing, another tattoo um, that's uh, U.S. Army Dental Corp. Uh, Corp. So she is not only this beautiful woman who's done um, so much charitable and financial work, but she is also um, a military woman. And, and her one of her talents is she shoots crossbow and she, you know, she skins deer and she is like this all around American woman, gorgeous and smart and supporting our country and, you know, can hang with the guys, all this kind of thing. And, and what I love, you know, is that she was saying, you know, her whole, her whole platform is when you are a contestant in these, you know, quote, unquote, beauty, is you have to have a platform that so people come, they say, you know, I'm, I want to do things to, you know, change America or, you know, put reading in school. And her whole thing, her platform was empowering women and overcoming stereotypes by breaking barriers. And she said that she would feel like such a hypocrite if she was out there, you know, on stage and telling women, you know, that to be who they are and that, you know, to be fearless. And, all, and at the same time, covering something that she feels for herself, that she's very proud. And she has, you know, these tattoos. 
she put them on her body for a reason. And she says one of the best things, and uh, and I, I'd say it's a, a personal thing for me too, I feel it's the greatest, is when someone sees a tattoo on you after they've gotten to know you and they say, oh, my God, I would never thought you have a tattoo or, oh, my gosh, you have a tattoo. Um, again, it's that thing of a lot of times, you know, we make these instant assumptions about people. We see people with tattoos or piercings, and they're used to this thing of, oh, you know, they're punk or lower class or something. And, and that's just not the way it is anymore. And, it, again, it's breaking those stereotypes that, for the most part, for, for, for her, you know, um, the, the, the way it's all being kind of discovered is in a, in a, when she's in clothing, no one sees her tattoos because, they're, you know, they're on her side and her back and on her leg. Uh, but when she's performing in a bikini, for which is part of the contest, the part of uh, the competition, the contest, uh, then it's being shown. So a lot of times, you know, I have. Made, I think it was I've, brave of her to do it because, and because it was actually a very smart thing to be the first one in a major competition to do this, especially. Yeah, and in I think you know, and, and even though she didn't win, you know, it opened up a conversation with people, and again, it's changing. People's perspectives. I think a lot of times people are always, oh my gosh, it's, it's that syndrome I feel a lot of times when um, there's certain people we look up to that we respect that uh, you hear say a bad word or something, right? For example, a teacher. I, I remember in high school, if we or in college, if, if something happened that caused a teacher to say, a swear word, you know, out of a passion, it was always that, like, oh, you know, definitely sign, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that, oh. Um, however, we're all human. We all say these things. You know, as soon as we leave class, we would be saying similar things. So I, I feel, you know, at times, or if you hear a parent say something that is, there's this way we kind of build people up or we view things. And uh, I have many friends, actually, I won't name names, but uh, one in San Diego, um, he is very successful for a law firm, and at work he wears, you know, uh, you know, tie suit, you know, full, you know, button-down shirt, or you know, the full sleeve, you know, very, dresses very nice for work. Um, and he has on one of his arms a complete sleeve, and what that sleeve means is you have a full arm of tattoos, but you would never know it, especially his demeanor and the clothing he wears, until you hang out with him on a weekend and you see him in a, you know, in a short sleeve, and you're like, what? Oh, my God, really? Um, I, I feel that all the time, many people... But, you know, um, we should jump in there and say that even though it's becoming more acceptable... In many occupations, it still is not. And I know that, you know, like, I don't think, I think most airlines, if you're going to be a pilot or a flight attendant or, you know, in customer service, if you have them, you have to cover them. I think, you know, uh, also in, in probably law firms and all of this. So there are still dress codes that are not saying, hey, flaunt it. Yeah. Well, my whole thing is, I, so I have, you know, kind of various things with that is, no, it's, I'm, you know, not pressing, oh, everyone go get tattoos now, but statistics show one in five adults do have at least one tattoo. And especially with, um, in the last 10 years of there being such a, per, uh, a push for diversity and acceptance that someone cannot fire you because you are pregnant, because you are gay, because you are Hispanic, because you're white, because you're black. Tattoos are now going into um, a, cult- a cultural uh, thing that many people, as you said, it could be because of uh, their culture, you know, in uh, Hawaiian or whatever it may be. And because uh, nowadays in many workplaces, 
people uh, before they even get jobs. Of course, when we go for interviews, we dress for success. Before you know, before you become comfortable, you always want to be on your you know your best presentation. Um, but many times before you even get that interview, you are a piece of paper. You are a statistic. You are someone saying, "Look at my track record. Look at my SATs. Look at my call. It. Look at my. Look at how smart I am." That's what's getting you the initial thing. Then when you go, you meet with an employer oftentimes, then that's kind of wooed, wooed them over. And workplace taboos, and again, it, it's different for every single company, but overall across the board in 2013, they've said that within industries, um, many of, you know, the, this become more lax about tattoos and, and piercings, more of the tattoo thing, but many things, you know, art-related jobs, or it's kind of showing that people are still people just because they have a tattoo does no longer make them still um, you know, a fantastic investor, banking investor, or graphic designer, or teacher, because they have um, something that people are now saying is an artistic display. That's something that they feel um, is a way of expressing themselves. And you know, I I know personally um, when I was working with Planned Parenthood and amazing when I for I was. So I have visible ones on my wrist, and I remember I was so nervous. You know, I, when I first went in, I always made such an effort. I always wanted to cover, cover, and even when I got job, I started noticing some very high up people. Um, you know, they weren't displayed, but you know, you would kind of see something poking out under a shirt, or I was like, oh my god, there's wow, like there's people who are very high up in this thing. They have tattoos, and and uh, and for me personally, I like to cover them up because I felt they would. Uh, oftentimes patients would ask me about the tattoos and it was taking away, for me, I felt it was taking away from their experience as the doctors. I didn't want to talk my, about my tattoos. I wanted to talk about their health care. But um, I even had a manager tell me, you don't, you know, I, I know you're, you're always coming up. You, I, you, you don't have to. And, and think, you know, that was almost for me, I, I felt really like, well, thank you. But for me, it was a personal choice. I chose to always cover them up um, because when they did show and they would still poke out, is people, I felt that people, would not, they would get distracted and want to ask questions, and I would always revert back to, you know, we're not here to talk about that. But it was really comforting to know because I was so scared in the beginning of, oh, my gosh, I got this job, what if they're going to find out, but to feel that I was accepted. And, again, it's so different in, corp- you know, in all these different corpor- uh, cor- corporate and education and medical industries, um, but it is surprising how there has become such a more of a lax in, and understanding is, you know, so so many celebrities, so many very financially successful people have tattoos now, and it has not hindered their careers. And, again, it's not pushing... I have a question, though, Heather, and I, I think that people may be interested in this, too, because I really do feel that, you know, it's skin art. It is a matter of self-expression, and if this is what people want to do, this is what they want to do. As long as, they, as they're doing it, I think... Um, with full knowledge of the ramifications of how long it lasts. But what if, you know, there are those people that tattoo the name of a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or somebody on it, and then they break up and they want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So what? how hard is it to get rid of the hat tattoos? Well, you and- know, another additional thing it says, you know, there's been studies shows that uh, at least 14% of adults who have tattoos have um, either seeked to have it covered up or removed. And, again, that's actually stimulating the economy more that, you know, many, um, you know, many, uh, you know, surgeons now, that is a form. Um, some people, I've actually had one tattoo. I didn't like the way it came out. I didn't have it removed. I had it uh, altered, changed into something I liked more, but now. 
But that is something, you know, people have to realize it is a lifelong commitment. And now that there are processes are getting it removed, it can be very pricey and um, very painful, too. And, and it all depends, you know, similar to, as people say, uh, tattoos are very expensive. So when you see people covered in tattoos, I never think, oh, that looks cheap. I think, oh, my God, their body is worth so much money. Um, but that's, you know, that's their body is a work of art, right? Exactly. Yeah. And just as tattoos, you know, getting put on, tattoos getting removed um, can be a, a very painful and very expensive procedure. And what I was trying to say before is, just as many times people tell you, you know, if, if people are blown away of, about the price of certain things, is always research your tattoo artist and um, the way they view it. You know, if a cheap ink can mean poor ink, you're stuck with that forever. But it, you know, it, not to say that some of you are paying more for it, but research yourself. Similar with doctors, um, we always hear those. Well, is it, is it dangerous to get a tattoo? I mean, you're just saying about research well, your tattoo no, I mean, artist. You know, I think there used to be such a stigma, a false information out there that. Uh, you know, people would get hepatitis C or, or HIV, you know, because of shared needle. Now, tattoo, I mean, the only way you're putting yourself at risk is if you are doing home tattooing, um, if you are sharing the needle, if you and a friend are going and saying, oh, we'll just share a needle, which wouldn't happen. Um, there are such strict uh, health regulations for tattoo shops to be in business now. Um, they have to follow extreme guidelines. I mean, every tattoo artist there has to be certified. Go through. They go through complete. The health inspection is so huge there. Um, you, that's why you don't ever hear of um, tattoo, you know, incidences anymore. Again, but that's with America. So I can't say anything regarding going overseas. But America has very strict uh, rules because it is such a, a big boom. It's a billion dollar business every year, multi billion dollar. Um, it's interesting when you say going overseas because I think a big time that people get uh, tattoos is like on um, spring break, uh, graduation parties, you know, and those trips that that uh, classes take. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it involves alcohol and then they come home with a tattoo or a piercing that they may or may not want. And so in other countries, you don't you may not know what the health standards are. Exactly. So, again, it's always just, you know, researching or stuff. But I think, you know, for the most part, the scare tactic of people who think, oh, you, know, you can get all these diseases. It's similar when you go to a restaurant, how they have, you know, those letters saying this is received an A or a B, which I've never seen a B. You know, I, I think uh, those places people stay away from because A should be the only standard. Um, it's the same thing for tattoo shops. They have those letters out front, too. They always have to have displayed um, their certifications, their health. Similar when you go and get your nails done. Um, how they always have to have their board certified. They have to have certification always in view. Um, you know, there's a certain uh, policy cleanliness policies that have to exist or otherwise, you know, they can be shut down. It's the exact same thing with tattoos and piercing shops um, that, you know, in order to keep your business and to keep your name, you know, we live in that culture that something goes wrong. It's as simple as a Yelp, your friend. You know, it's such a word of mouth and it's no longer just, Word of mouth, it's word of the Internet. You can, you know, develop a whole site about how you hate a tattoo shop or a restaurant if you wanted. So um, people, you know, really want to be at the highest standards of things and, and keep that up there, and they want your business over someone else's. So, you know, so many tattoo shops are popping up just like restaurants. They want to win you over. And, and then just a side thing, too, of people who are looking to get tattoos, um, a lot of times, don't be wooed, but just because the shop is pretty or it's at the beach, 
oftentimes places will be more expensive if they're in a more luxurious location because not only are you paying the artist, but you're also paying towards the rent of that place. Always look to see, you know, what, what they have, not just the images they have on the wall, but look at their book. Similar, you know, if you're getting married and you're looking at a florist, you don't just go and go, oh, you're probably good and I'll, I'll let you do this. You want to look at their books. You want to see their previous work. Um, and also, you know, a lot of times people come in with an idea. You work with the artist on what you want. If they're not creating an, a, 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 something you want, you don't have to stay with them. You don't have to be giving them money, anything like that. Don't feel guilted into that, that this is something for you. Don't feel a lot of times I think many people, they, they feel, you know, oh, this, this big tattoo person, you know, a, you know almost it, uh, bullied into something they may not want or bigger. Talk with them. If this person is there for you, and if you're deciding this is not something you want, go with someone else. You know, go with a different designer, just as you would with your house. You just brought up a good point, and we're running out of time, but I I think the important thing here is to really think um, heartfully and mindfully about what you want as a tattoo, research it, find some artwork, and be prepared, and don't just, you know, just don't do it willy-nilly because it's something you're going to live with for the rest of your life. What would you add to those that those final tips, Heather? Just give some final tips. Yeah, final things. You know, just I think always this will be something for you for the rest of your life. So think through with all things. And then also if you do get tattoos that you like, um, remember this is something to uh, like many things, like a car or a house, you have to maintain it. Things like sun exposure, pool, water, lotions um, over time can deteriorate your tattoos and make them fade and change. So similar before you get another tattoo, make sure you keep up on your tattoos by getting them retouched. And again, you know, always uh, research the artist you're going to get them done. And also, too, if you uh, find out previously with a workplace before you go in, my best advice, especially speaking of career-wise, is always, you know, dress the best and dress uh, more conservative for those first interviews because once you're in, you're in, and they'll love you. But you, you can't go in just sort of, as you said, willy-nilly or just kind of going all out in there until you're accepted into a program. And you probably don't want to gain a whole lot of weight or put a tattoo on some place that's going to expand with the years, right? It might not look as good as it did when you were a teenager or in your 20s. Heather, that was really a very fascinating uh, inside look at tattoos. And, you know, I think that the important thing is is what people like for themselves. That's, that is the key. It, again, it, uh, it's been, tattoos have been around for centuries, and they are that rite of passage, and they are a status mark. So whatever it works for you, but, you know, don't get, a, don't get one that has a gang. Uh, a gang that's part of a gang member. Give out the uh, the websites, please. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. And let us know. Well, if you get a tattoo soon, I mean, is it, did you, what kind did you get and what do you love? Well, I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brady. And when I come back from break, we will be talking about fire fatigue. You're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Stay with me. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. 
light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the star you are. 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. It's always a party here at Star Style. Be the star you are because we know you have a plan for your life and you've set goals and you know where you want to go. And if you're not quite sure, we do want to help you set those goals and help you get down the road called life. And we come in every week with authors, experts, books that inspire and entertain and motivate you. And we want you to shoot for the stars. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we're broadcasting from the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I do want to, I'm just answering a couple of tweets here. No, I do not have any tattoos. And I was just talking to Matt, who engineers this show, and he does not either. Although most everybody I know seems to to have some and I was saying to Matt during the break that if I did have one, I would definitely want a star somewhere, but it would probably have to be on the bottom of my feet because I, I just don't, I didn't, I don't want, I don't want anything to grow or to shrink or, you know, to wrinkle or any of that. So, and plus I don't, I go barefoot all the time, so it would probably wear off. So anyway, tattoos are not for me. I'll just put the little fake ones on. Well, I want to remind everyone, this Saturday, which is September 28th, we are going to be having the Pear Festival, and it'll be at Moraga Commons Park. It is sponsored by La Mirinda Weekly, and the Be The Star You Are a team will have a booth, and this booth, we're going to do a writing assignments and activities. It's going to be really fun. For all ages, and then they'll get published. So stop by. It's free. And, of course, 
you want to make a donation, we'll always be very happy. We're still recuperating from that burglary that we had a couple of weeks ago, which was not fun. Also, you can just make a donation by going to the website. You could either go to btsya.org or go to bethestarur.org. Also coming up very soon is the 10th Annual Essay Contest, which is sponsored by U.S. Bank. And this year we're giving you a head start. The topic, the, the theme, the topic for the essay contest is what it means to be an American. You can go to starstyleradio.com and click on events. And there you'll find all the guidelines and how you can enter. And you can at least start getting started on it because it opens in a couple of weeks and you do submit by email. You can win money and interviews on the radio shows, books, and more prizes, plus publication and lots of publicity. So we hope that you participate in this 10th anniversary uh, edition. It's going to be really, really fun. And the final announcement is my newest ebook. It's an enhanced ebook of the business of show business, which is a career guide for actors and models. is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Book, and at the iBook store. So you could type in the business of show business by Cynthia Bryan, and you can pick up a new copy. I, I actually don't know. I think they sell them for different prices on all the different sites, but. So far, everybody seems to think that it has really been um, been a great a great book, and I know that it is very helpful. And this is the season. There's a lot of new acting jobs coming up. I know here in the Northern California, we have quite a few commercials and films and TV shows that are shooting. So you want to pick up a copy so that you can get involved. Well, I want to talk about fire fatigue because, as most of you have witnessed. If you live in the state of California, this has been a very, very hot, dry summer. And the crews across California have been working long days on little sleep, which turns out to be one of the toughest and most rugged seasons of, of fire. It's, they're some of the biggest blazes in history that have gone through California. And some of the firefighters have uh, been working. They, sometimes they can't remember if they've been up for 24 hours or 36 hours or was it 48 hours. So they're going long times without any sleep because of what's been happening uh, in these fires. It is the season of adrenaline and fatigue for most firefighters. It's a, a season that so far looks like it has been the toughest in a very, very long time. And there have been crews from all over California going to fight many different blazes across the state. And what the firefighters say is, you know, and I think that people don't realize how hard it is because when you're out on a fire, you're living out of a bag for 14 to 21 days at a time. I know a couple of firefighters that were on fires 57 days and 31 days of this year without a break. That means they never got to go home. They're usually out of cell service, so they can't call their loved ones. You know, there's not Internet service. There's, they're, they're really putting their lives on hold, and they have to miss a lot of stuff at home that you never they don't get back. You know, 
it's easy for those of us who work in jobs where you have regular hours. I mean, I don't have regular hours, but most people do have, you know, eight to five or eight to six kind of jobs or Monday through Friday. But firefighters don't. They can work around the clock. And forget about hot meals when their shift is over. Their regular servings are what are called MREs, which are meals ready to eat, snacks and water that's stored in their fire trucks. Firefighters sometimes, if they have a truck, they might have to sleep in their truck or they're in a base camp where they might be in tents or sometimes they may be just up against a tree resting. Sometimes their their rest periods, you know, they fall asleep for 10 minutes in between getting up and, and doing something uh, where they have to be prepared for these uh, blazes the whole time. Some firefighters have said that summers, some summers are great. There's not a lot of incidents. You get to stay home with your family. But then there's a summer like this one where it has... Summer arrived early this year. It was spurred by abnormally dry conditions. And wildfire season has been really, really busy. And according to CAL FIRE, the state so far this season has had 36% more fires on state lands than they did during the same period last year. This has been one of the driest rainy seasons over last winter. And this is from CAL FIRE spokesperson. And all you needed was a spark and you're off and running with a fire. And no one knows better than these fire gypsies who spend the seasons moving from one blaze to another. There are five, um, uh, nearly all the fire departments, for example, here in Northern California are part of this, uh, this uh, I don't know if you call it an organization. I guess it's an agency. It's called the California Emergency Management Agency Master Mutual Plan. And what this means is that fire crews are directed to fires on the state and federal lands. So even if you're a firefighter in a city, you might be called out to go work wildland land fires, which is something that usually Cal Fire and Department of Forestry do. So a lot, or sometimes the park district, there's park district fire departments as well. And when it's high fire danger, as it has been this year, nobody gets time at home. In fact, uh, several of the firefighters, as I was saying earlier, have worked, you know, a full month, like 30, 30 plus days in a row, which has to be very tough on them mentally. Because it, you end up going away, you know, right when your kids are going to be starting school or right when some, you know, your family might have had a vacation planned. According to Santa Clara County Fire Battalion Chief, this, thanks to the budget cuts and the staffing shortages, much of the manpower burden during wildfire seasons is shouldered by the firefighters who have to remain back at the station for days at a time. Because when the other guys go off, the fire departments are scrambling to keep their own guys and gals at home because they still need to serve their communities. So that is, it's very challenging for fire departments to help other, other fire departments fight fires in their areas and at the same time man their community. And according to the National Interagency Fire Center, more than 550,000 acres 
of state and federal land burned in the state of California just this season. That's a lot of acres. And with little rest in between, the season is physically draining, and it's not over. It probably will go till the end of November or maybe even December. It just depends on when the rains are going to come. You have to not only battle the flames, but you get sinus infections from breathing the noxious smoke. You get poison oak on some of these fires, like the horrible Yosemite Rim Fire that had so much poison oak in it. You get run down. But, you know, they did, the fire people who do this, they signed up for it. They know they're not going home. They know what they have to do. And they know that they, they're not going to leave anybody behind. And so they do know that the toll on their physical health and missing the birthdays and anniversaries and all the other demands um, are worth it because it means they're saving homes, they're gaining experience, they're saving lives, and they are assisting their colleagues. And any firefighter I've ever met, it's they just want to help. They want to give back. And it's like, an inter- you know, it's an internal reward. So I always feel that at this time of the year, we need to give our gratitude out to our very brave firefighters, both men and women, across the country, because we never know how long the season will run. It's really at the whim of the weather and Mother Nature. So we can only say how what Mother Nature will bring. I wanted to just to give out a couple of statistics of some of the bigger fires here in California so far here in 2013. So the Rim Fire takes the cake. It burned 256 thousand five hundred and twenty eight acres and it, even though it's winding down it's still considered an active fire uh, the the butler fire burned thirty seven thousand two hundred and twenty seven acres and although it is winding down it is there's still still embers there burning and sometimes it, it takes quite a long time for things to burn out the Aspen Fire, this was a July fire, was 22,800 acres. The Springs Fire was 24,251 acres. The Mountain Fire was 27,531 acres. And then from there, we go to 20,000 acres on down to 3,000 acres that have burned here. And I think you probably heard me talk about how I was very, very disappointed. There was a big fire up here in Northern California called the Morgan Fire. It ended up burning about 3,000, I don't know, um, 3,200 acres. But while firefighters were out fighting that fire, burglars ransacked a couple of the fire stations and took the belongings and wallets and cell phones and computers and iPads and even the wedding rings of of the people who were out fighting fires. And I don't think it gets any lower than that. You hear about when there is a tragedy or a disaster, how you know thieves go in and ransack and loot. Well, I just can't imagine that you're out fighting a fire for several days, a week, to to a month and you come back and everything has has been stolen from you. I thought it was bad when Be The Star You Are and Star Style offices were burglarized, but that to me is horrendous. 
So support your local fire departments and, you know, honk when you see a, a fire truck go by or give them the high five because these uh, people, they're, they, don't, they never want to be called heroes, but they really are out there saving lives, saving property, and keeping us safe. And you can do your part to keep your home safe by removing debris around the barriers of your house or even if you're in an apartment, make sure you don't have buildup of, of branches, paper, brush. Keep the insides of your house clutter-free. And also make sure you know where the things are that you want to take with you in case of a disaster. You never know how fast you have to get out. And in the case of the fire, you may only have seconds. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And when we come back, we are going into nature to talk about the natural pharmacy. Don't go away. The star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. If you're a boss, there are a few things you need to know, to, and this is a few ideas to help you be a great boss, because you don't want to have unhappy, underachieving employees. If you do, the problem could be you. Number one is to be a role model. Set the pace for your company. Talk regularly about job performance with your employees. Make your workers the most important people, because they are. Let your employees know their opinions are valued. Don't micromanage. Praise often and criticize only when necessary. Hire talented people. Great bosses surround themselves with smart, savvy employees. Your workforce is a reflection of who you are, so choose and manage wisely. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information, visit Starstyle Productions or call 925-377-STAR. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Be the star you are. 
positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thanks for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and the secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly in seeing where you want to go. And that's what we believe here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, that you have the power. That's why we call you Power Partners. We're in this together. We're collaborating to help us all get going and stay going and reach for the stars. Well, have you ever thought about your garden or the natural world as being a pharmacy? I want to tell you about harvesting a medicine chest. Luther Burbank said, flowers always make people better. Flowers are sunshine, food, and medicine to the soul. Well, flowers and plants are also sunshine, food, and medicine for the body. And whether you have a sore throat or a sore hip, your prescription for optimum health may be as close as your garden. Now, since the dawn of humanity, even before recorded history, herbs and plants have been used for medicinal purposes. Ancient cultures, including the Chinese and Egyptians, documented on papyrus the effects as early as 3000 BC. One fourth of pharmaceutical drugs we find on the market today are derived from botanicals. And according to the World Health Organization, approximately 80% of the Earth's population depend on herbal remedies as a primary health care source. Now, the falling autumn leaves signal the beginning of the influenza season, as most of us rush to our local internist or drugstore for that updated flu shot. And I already got my flu shot. I'm vaccinated, so I'm good to go. But now I need to prepare my first aid kit with natural remedies from my garden pharmacy. Many fruits, vegetables, herbs, seeds, and leaves that are growing in your garden can be harvested not only to be added to your dinner menu, but to boost your immune system. They can clean wounds, they can calm bites, reduce fevers, and arrest pain. Now, before you start using any of these new regimens, make sure you consult your physician. And, of course, if you need medical attention, always seek a physician. So here is a short list of my favorite common specimens and the ailments that they relieve. We'll start with mint because it seems to be everywhere. Spearmint, peppermint, hyssop, or any mint except pennyroyal because pennyroyal is a poisonous plant. You know, to just think of pennyroyal, I don't know, I guess think of penny and copper. and Anyway, it's poisonous. It's not only great for making your breath smell fresher, but mints are useful for soothing headaches, reducing fatigue, calming stomach aches, fighting nausea, and keeping colds and flus at bay. For indigestion or diarrhea, you can chew on peppermint leaves. If you nosh on mint raw, you can add it to salads, you can garnish dishes, or you can even make mint tea. Mint is considered a wonder drug. So the next time you pass a pot of mint, you know, take a little snip off. It's not just for freshening your breath, but just think about it as helping your headaches go away or helping you feel better. I do want to give one cautionary note if you're planting mint, and that is that it is also called an invasive plant, which means that once it establishes in your garden, it travels by underground runners, 
and it will literally take over a landscape. So if you are going to grow mint, put it in a pot, make sure you have a very sturdy saucer underneath it so the roots cannot get into your ground. You will regret it if you get mint everywhere. Now, another one that's in the mint family is called catnip. Of course, we know that catnip makes cats euphoric. But catnip also relieves cold symptoms. It can relieve toothaches, flatulence, and it even breaks fevers. It is a member of the mint family and can be eaten raw or can be made into teas. There is one caveat with catnip, and that is that pregnant women should not consume it because it can induce contractions. I suppose if you are ready to give birth and it's taking a little while, maybe having a little tea of catnip might help. Rosemary, this is another wonderful wonderful herb. It is a Mediterranean herb. It's also part of the mint family, although you wouldn't really know it. And it's called the remembrance plant because um, uh, rosemary actually improves circulation to the brain. The oil in the flowers act as an antibacterial and an antifungal agent. Now, I like to add rosemary right to the barbecue grill. I just think the smell is amazing. And if you shut the top of the grill, it'll infuse your meats, fish, vegetables with that wonderful rosemary flavor. Sage. The name says it all. Salvia, derived from the Latin word salvere. It means to be saved. So sage is like a lifesaver as it aids in multiple ways. Sage reduces, again, diarrhea, if you have that. It relieves cramps. It kills bacteria. It minimizes inflammation. It reduces swelling. And it fights colds. You can make a poultice of it or a salve, and you can put it on cuts and burns and bruises. And I know some people, especially if they in these in spiritual kinds of cultures, they actually burn sage because they believe that It clears the mind and it clears the soul and it just makes us think clearer. And so if you want to burn some sage incense, you'll probably feel a lot calmer. Now, red clover. This is something that's probably growing in your lawn or you might use it as a cover crop. The pink flowers of red clover can be made into a broth to ease coughs and colds and it's very effective. As you can see, we're coming into the cold and flu season So I'm trying to give a few tips on some homemade remedies that you can use that are healthy just to, you know, keep these flus and colds away. Allium. Now, you need everyone, unless you're allergic, needs to increase the intake of onions, garlic, leeks, shallots, and chives. And not only for the aromatic culinary delights that they are cooked in food or even raw, but also If you suffer from any kind of arthritis or rheumatism or joint pain, it has been shown that uh, there is a a chemical that's called diol disulfide. I'm probably saying that wrong. It is a substance that's found in allium, and what it does, it inhibits the enzymes that cause damage to the joint protective cartilage. So by eating raw or cooked, Allium, you are going to boost your immune system and reduce your inflammation from arthritis and rheumatism or any kind of joint pain. When we were kids, we actually used garlic for everything, and I kind of still do. 
We even put a clove of garlic in our ears uh, when we had an earache, and then we'd add a little bit of warm olive oil. And supposedly the garlic was to pull out, would pull out the pain or pull out the infection. And, of course, we all know that garlic is reputed to keep the vampires away. So you definitely want to wear garlic. Um, another thing that we've always said with garlic, because I'm a big garlic, onion, allium fan, is we'll never have worms. If you have uh, dogs or cats, you can put a little bit of garlic in their food, and it actually does keep the worms away. So I think it's a great use. Parsley. After garlic-infused meal, a bite of fresh parsley actually freshens your breath, and it, it actually inhibits the secretion of histamines, too, which cause allergies and hay fever. So if you're an allergy or hay fever sufferer, you might want to make a tea of parsley seeds or leaves, and um, and that could be very helpful to you. At the same time, you know, you can just also eat it. So parsley is really, is a very, very good one. It's also a helpful in a tea form as a diuretic. Or as a laxative. So be careful, you know, if you're, if you are using it for, to keep allergies away, it could also be a diuretic and a laxative. Dandelion. Now just about everybody has dandelion sprouting somewhere in your garden. So instead of cursing these tough weeds, embrace them as a nutritious addition to your diet because they enhance the elimination of toxins. They are used as a diuretic, especially to help PMS syndromes. Symptoms and syndromes, which women would be good to know. And then, of course, you can chop the leaves, add them to salads, and it ramps up your intake of vitamin C and beta-carotene. Elderberry, which Hipp- uh, Hippocrates, who was, you know, the, the doctor of doctors, he named his elderberry tree a medicine chest in 400 B.C. Those blue-black berries made into jams, syrups, and wines are very high in axi- antioxidants, vitamin C, and iron. So you don't want to eat them raw, though. Now, here's something you probably didn't know. If you like grapes and you have migraine headaches, just grind the ripe grapes into a drink and uh, just drink it whole. Don't add any water or anything. It'll help with uh, migraines. Winter savory, we use it to flavor stews and meat and soups, but the leaves are also effective antiseptic, and they can also be used as an ointment for insect bites and stings. Lavender. Now, I love lavender. I have lots of it in my garden. And what is a garden without the soothing smell of lavender? So besides being a a bee magnet, if you rub the flowers or leaves between your fingers and then inhale the fragrance, you're going to have a stress reliever and a tension liberator. If you're feeling depressed or anxious or you can't sleep, you can rub some of you can rub this in your hand, rub it into your pillow, or just keep it and smell your hands, and it'll help you sleep. Also, the petals are great in baths as an aromatherapy, and it just helps you feel calm. Now, sunflower, it's not just the seeds that are nutritious, but a tea made from the leaves can work as an astringent, an expectorant, and a fever reducer. So if you want to treat colds and coughs, you can use sunflower. Aloe vera is another uh, very important um, plant that should be in everybody's kitchen because all you have to do, if you get a burn or a minor abrasion or even a bite, you just cut open a leaf, rub that jelly on the wound, and it keeps it from getting infected. And it also just helps, um, it just helps soothe it very quickly. 
Lemons, I use them to keep my voice clear, use them before every radio program, and I coach my actors to do the same. We know about chamomile and how to use the fresh or dried florets to make uh, your tummy calm, and it also helps with jittery nerves. Apples, they're filled with antioxidants and pectin and fiber, and, and they'll fight tooth decay and decrease the, your risk of diabetes, and they lower cholesterol and protect against Parkinson and probably some cancers, and they boost your immune system. And these are just a few of the smattering of the plant-based healing that you'd find in nature's drugstore, also known as your background backyard garden. Now, I will say, if the year was 1692 and I lived in Puritanical Salem, I'd be hung as a witch for prescribing these devilish herbal remedies, as you remember me talking with Melissa Dela Cruz. But since it's 2013, I'm just going to keep stirring this cauldron of healthy, natural choices and caution you to use these powerful potions wisely. Well, thank you all for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week right here on Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Heather Brittany and I love being your personal growth success coaches. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity, go to bethestarur.org or use the initials btsya.org. For more information about Star Style, visit starstyleproductions.com. And to if you would like to come uh, into the essay contest, go to starstyleradio.com. Click on events and you can see what's going on. We always hope to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. We hope that you'll read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. So until next week, when we play again here on the Power Hour, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I encourage you and I thank you. Go out into the world and be the star you are. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.